Section 13 of Birds and All Nature, Volume 5, Number 1, January 1899. Recorded for LibriVox.org by Emily Sullivan. The Whippoorwill. What farm boy has not heard this birdless voice echoing from the ghostly shades of the thicket close at hand, or scarcely audible in the distance? Perhaps you have heard it as you have passed between the wood and the hill over there, coming clear from the wood but re-echoing from the hill only the shrill last syllable. Farther away on the distant hilltop you may have taken this last syllable for the piping of the salamander. The whippoorwill song belongs with the early May moonlit balmy nights, before the blossoms have lost their best perfume and before farm work has become a mere drudgery. It vividly recalls the merry May basketing frolics, apparently so necessary to existence on the farm. The fresh green fields and woodland blossoms, the planting season with all its hidden promises. There is, in the warble of the bluebird, glad promise of returning spring, and in the animated whistle of the phoebe, reiteration of the earlier promise but the whippoorwill tells of that delightful season realized he is not a complaint grown forth but a glad announcement of a joy fully come my early home nestled in one of those gems of woodland that dot the rolling iowa prairies one of my earliest memories of this old home is the twilight choruses of the whippoorwills in the dooryard they often ventured upon the doorstep and sang for minutes at a time, apparently oblivious to the members of the family seated just inside the open door. On more than one occasion, more than one bird occupied the doorstep at the same time, all the while apparently trying to drown each other's voices in a continuous flow of song. At such times the delightful mellowness which one hears with the birds in the distance, gives place to an almost painful, penetrating shrillness. The more deliberately uttered song is invariably preceded by a strong guttural sound, not unlike that produced by striking an inflated rubber bag. The nearby song to my ear sounds like quickoe, the first syllable with a strong qu sound. I have never heard them sing later than eleven o'clock in the evening, nor earlier than three in the morning. It is well-nigh impossible to creep upon a singing bird in the woods, even if it could be seen in the dim light, but it was not unusual at my old home for the birds to playfully fly round and round anyone who might be standing out in the yard at twilight. The birds often came so close that the wings seemed to brush the face. The flight is so utterly noiseless that the object of their sport is aware of the presence before he can fully realize what it is. The whippoorwill inhabits the eastern portion of the United States, west to eastern North and South Dakota and Nebraska, western Kansas, Indian Territory, and Texas north to southern Canada into Nova Scotia and Manitoba. 
and south in winter into eastern Mexico and Guatemala. It breeds in the northern and central parts of its range and rarely to Florida. The nest is made late in May or early in June in the northern states. The eggs are two in number, light gray or white, with brown and lilac markings often arranged in scratchings and pencilings beside the spots and blotches. There is usually scarcely more of a nest than the leaves lying on the ground, rarely nothing but the bare ground. End of section 13. This recording is in the public domain.